what I've started doing is um, just reaching out on people on social media. Hey man, how are you going? Just thought I'd see how you're going through this pandemic. Just checking in on people constantly. And then also taking it a step further, because what I've noticed is social media has really made everyone unsocial in a, in a sense. Anti-social. I'll go, hey, yeah, literally, would you, would you be up for a phone call? and um, been doing a lot of that lately, reaching out to people, asking how they're going. You know, if, like I said before, if I can just change one person's mentality, if I can give them a bit of release that self-doubt and make them, make them believe in themselves, just by having a phone call or just a, an ear to listen to. It's simple. Like you, you might not be able to change the world, but you can change one person's world. I'm Ren McDonald, and this is The Hope Initiative a show dedicated to learning about humans on planet Earth, or I speak with everyday people to find moments of success and struggle in their life to help inspire hope in yours. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Hope Initiative. My name is Rin MacDonald. Thank you so much for joining me for what is episode number 56 with Billy Mack. Billy and I are total strangers despite growing up in the same part of Melbourne out in the eastern suburbs and we got in touch by someone who followed the podcast so thank you to him and yeah in this conversation we talk a lot about mindset. Billy's a 22 year old young guy and has already had to deal with a lot of a lot of hard things in his life but despite that his mindset is something that is keeping him productive and keeping him with the future very much in mind so I'm hesitant to share any more because in this conversation you'll you'll learn all about him of course but um yeah it was a really good one and I appreciate his openness and vulnerability at a time where only three months ago before this conversation he he lost someone very close to him so yeah without further ado I will hand you over to Billy Mack. Cheers. So Billy Mack, welcome to the Hope Initiative. Thanks, Rin. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, you're welcome. So we have connected. We're total strangers until just recently. Um, Yeah, yeah. I've spent more time on FaceTime with you than I have a stranger thus far. Uh, yeah, we were put in touch via a friend of yours who follows the podcast and yep. yeah so it was really nice of him to reach out and, and suggest you as a guest um now what i want to start with absolutely man i really appreciate you um getting me on here yeah 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 no no you're yeah, welcome yeah. so i appreciate you taking the time so at the moment it is the 28th of july 2020 we're in the midst of lockdown 2.0 in victoria and um, not to touch on that too much, but it is an interesting time to be alive for a lot of people around the world. Obviously, it's, it's a crazy time. I have family in Holland. My mum was talking to her cousin last night and Victoria's lockdowns were on the news over there as, you know, people going into lockdown and all these numbers. And it's a bit crazy. Dude. Otherwise, if we, didn't, if we didn't have this, I would definitely be doing this in person with you. You live near one of my best mates. I'm not going to sort of name the suburb, but you live mm. in a place where I've sort of grown up as well. So we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to be doing this via Zoom today, which is cool. Absol- absolutely, man. Like, very fortunate to have Zoom. Like I said earlier, um, 
this day and age, having technology, we can definitely make it work for us instead of against us. And um, yeah, really appreciate having the opportunity to get on here, man. Share a little bit about myself, the mindset behind the things that we're going to talk about. And um, also, it's funny you bring up, you have family in Holland. Uh, there was a person I was speaking to that I know from New Zealand. And she was like, man, what's going on in, uh, what's going on in your country? You need to get your shit together. I'm like, what's, what's going on the news over in New Zealand as well? It must be everywhere, man. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like we're, we are the hotspot of the world at the moment. Well, that's harsh Listen. to say. There's probably, there's probably lots of places have it worse than us. But oh, I just wanted up. to mention as well, the, the, the friend of yours who, who put me in touch with you, his name was Geordie Halley, right? Yeah. So shout right. out to Geordie yep. if he's listening. Yep. Thank you. Um, now, I wanted to start, again, you, until we spoke first uh, via FaceTime last Friday, we were total strangers. But I want you to start if I could ask with what is one of your earliest memories and if you could start there and come forward to present day, you're a 22 year old young lad. If you could explain your life story in three minutes or less, starting with that first memory. <laughs> See how you go. Oh, yeah. no my, earliest, my earliest memory. Yeah. Yeah. Far out. All right. Fair enough. Um, Take your time if you need it. Everything, everything from where I was born, everything like that. Whatever's important to you. But I like oh, to challenge man, no people in, in three minutes. Now, I'm not going to stop you and yeah, yeah. cut you off. Straight up. All right, no worries. So, pretty much, man, had a um, really fortunate arm bringing, you know. Um, couldn't have asked for more. Had a, have a very loving family, which I'm very uh, grateful for. I grew up in Melbourne, still in Melbourne. Haven't lived anywhere else but Melbourne. Um, and, yeah, like, there wasn't a lot. It was pretty of a, I guess, just going through, I remember the earliest memory would have been probably kinder. Going through kinder, that's literally my earliest memory. Um, and working my way up through primary school, had no idea what I wanted to do the whole time. Always had these big dreams of, I guess, I always wanted to, for some reason, I always was fixated on massive houses when I was a younger kid. And I remember I used to always say to my parents, um, oh, they're rich. Like straight away, I'd go, I wouldn't even know the background or how much debt they're in or anything. But if we'd go to someone's house, I always used to go, that person must be rich. I want to be rich. And, I'd, and I had no de understanding or definition of what rich was at the time. I probably would have been like eight years old. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, I went through, went through my pr primary schooling and then on to, on to secondary education. And um, really, I used my high school as, as a social more social I wasn't really uh, interested in the education side um, I just find that you know school school can be a fantastic tool to get you into the workforce and to develop a skill set and go and earn yourself a great income maybe go to uni maybe go to TAFE but for for me it was really more time to build relationships with friends uh, when I got into year 10, 11, and 12, I um, found it hard because you get told to choose, I was doing VC, you pretty much get told to choose between six and eight subjects mm. out of the whole wide world. And what we tend to do around that age, because we haven't really gone through life yet, is when we, when we um, go through these subjects and we're not necessarily interested in them and we learn them and we do our tests and we get towards the end of the year and we get our marks, um, a lot of people tend to base kind of their self-worth off the marks that they get through something that they're not even interested in. 
And I found myself going through year 12 because I was going to do VCAL. Yeah. And actually right now, I'm, in a, I'm, in, I'm doing plumbing at the moment. So it probably would have benefited me more, but I'm glad I went through year 12 so I could actually understand kind of where I wanted to go and if I was interested in going down the route of university. And sure. it just wasn't for me. I felt like I was in a bit of a box and um, was really struggled to find a way out of that. And um, that's a really quick explanation of high school. Yeah. And um, zoom forward straight after high school, I worked at um, Toys R Us before they shut down um, and had jobs before that as well. I, quickly, I worked at, my first job was at a kebab store, what a kebab. And then I moved on to Toys R Us in retail. And um, I really, Again, I actually really enjoyed that job. It wasn't too bad. I loved building the connections and the, re the relationships with all the employees there and the managers there. I found it really easy to get along. Yeah. I kind of, kind of, um, kind of, I guess, thrived in the environment just because there's so many employees, so many people and um, loved, loved talking with customers, trying to make someone's day, always putting a smile on my face, doing the best I could, um, even though it was just a toy store. But then um, I've thought, crap, I'm going to have to start thinking about more long-term goals. I need to think of something. I need to really think of my future. Like I said, when I was younger, I always looked at houses and just thought rich, rich, rich and money, money, money. Now, obviously money's not the be all end all. If anything, I'm more about impact nowadays. So I was trying to figure out what, what can I do that's going to actually, I guess, give me a sense of fulfillment. Mm. Uh, and the direction I went after Toys R Us was I thought I'd go and do an apprenticeship. I'm in my fourth year at the moment. Uh, as a roof plumber yep. and I have, I have definitely thoroughly enjoyed it. Definitely enjoyed it. Um, I honestly, I rocked up on my first day cause I randomly applied for this job cause I thought, you know, I'm working at a toy store. I need to do something. So I went and applied and I thought it was running cables actually through the roof. Okay. When instead what roof plumbing is, is actually laying metal sheets. So color bond oh. sheet metal. Okay. So when I got there, I was like, Oh, far out. I was a bit gobsmacked, but I actually ended up, I guess it's like any job. You end up kind of enjoying it for the first year or two years. And then by the third and fourth year now, I just saw if I keep doing what I'm doing for the next 10 years uh, with the way my body's going and my back already at the age of 22, <laughs> I didn't really want to go down that route. And you look at someone that's about five, 10 years down the line of you working in that same, of, same line of work. And that's pretty much the life you're going to have. And I wanted more. I didn't really get a lot of fulfillment out of laying somebody's roof. I didn't feel like I was impacting anyone's lives. Sure. So I'm in my fourth year now. Um, I should have finished my apprenticeship, but because of COVID, it's pushed TAFE back, yeah. um, which is fine. And, um, but I love, I, I'm loving the fact that I guess I'm kind of in like a leadership role at the moment at the company. Um, so I love, I love being able to make an impact in that way. So if people's look, if, if people are looking for someone to, to guide them in a way on what they need to do, like the young apprentices that are coming on now through the company, I really love that aspect of it. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I was going through roof plumbing, doing weekend jobs, doing weekend work. And um, I realized there's definitely money out there. There's definitely money to be made and um, started working, I'd say an average of, six, six days, sometimes seven days. And yeah, realized that was great money, but what I was restricted on was my time. Right. I had no time to do anything. Um, having a relationship as well at the time, I had barely seeing, um, 
someone that I loved. So, you know, I was going to work a job and I was seeing my boss more than I was seeing my partner. And I just thought, you know, this, I'm doing things backwards here. You know, I'm saying I'm, I'm kind of, I've written my values down and I've got family written at the top, but I'm trading more time seeing my boss, like I said before, than I'm actually seeing my loved ones and my family. So I wanted to figure out a way of how I could um, kind of do something else on the side, something that could actually get me a bit further. Felt like I was kind of knocking my head against the brick wall because I really wanted to, in, in essence, buy my time back, be able to have a little bit more freedom. Yeah. Um, and I looked at my boss as well and he was just stressed constantly, man. Always stressed, always stressed. It's, um, it was almost like the business ran him in a sense. Yeah. Um, and fortunately enough, I had an old mate from high school who actually, I saw some differences in him. He was a roof plumber as well. And um, when I got around him, his changing attitude and his mindset started to kind of be a bit different, but in a good way. And um, I noticed he was going to these um, information sessions, kind of like a, kind of like a presentation type thing. And um, I said, where where are you going, man? Aren't you a roof plumber? Like, what are you doing in like an office type building? And he made me aware that he was actually getting mentored by a couple who had some pretty impressive results through building business assets over a considerable period of time. And what they do is they run a private mentorship group, which focuses on leadership skills and personal development. And it really, really stood out to me, to be honest, because at the time, especially with my partner, which I'm sure we'll touch on, we were going through a lot of hardships. She was going through a shit ton of hardships. Um, And I thought it would be a great time to get around people that was not only a positive environment, but it was conducive to growth. So meaning I could actually start to think a different way, maybe turn, because it was a bit of a negative situation. How can I turn those thoughts to really work for me instead of against me? Mm. So uh, again, sorry to go on a tangent. I reached out to uh, my old mate from high school and he was actually able able to put a good word in in for me to his mentor. And to pretty much fast track it, I had to go through a six week selection process to prove to uh, my mentor now that I had the right mindset going into it. And pretty much for the last 16 months, I've been getting mentored by that couple that I was speaking about. And um, there is a business asset um, attached to it. But the thing that grabbed me was the development. I loved the, like I said before, the leadership, the personal development, giving you the tools to actually go somewhere in life. And also, yeah, the environment, because I felt like I was a little bit stuck and I needed to get around people that were doing better than me. Yeah. And um, fortunately enough, yeah, I was, I was being able to uh, give him that opportunity, which is really, really cool. Who was the friend from high school? Uh, Darcy. Okay. Well, good on Darcy for, for sort of reaching out to you and helping you get into that mentorship. What was the name of the program, if you don't mind me asking? He's a legend, man. Um, of the mentors? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so because it is a private mentorship group, I, could, I can't actually give that don't information away because oh. I, I had to go yeah. through a... No, no, selection no. process to actually prove myself but and oh. and the, the what as well about what we actually do is kind of kept a little bit private just because they have to make sure we've got the right mindset going into it yeah, and cool. we're not all about money but um you know that's more their information to give yeah yeah no but, sure. um yeah so talk to me then you sort of and thank you for sharing all of all of that so far so that's you right, talk about it. high school and you're in bce high didn't really school. didn't really yeah. know what you wanted to do right and I think a lot of people can resonate with that. I think if I had a chance 
to go back and do year 10, 11, 12 now, the subjects that I would do would be completely different. You know, I'd had nothing to do with, with audio or filmmaking or the arts, so to speak, which is something that I would definitely get involved in now. Um, not to say that I hated my time in, in high school, but I did like, I remember doing the French and Russian revolutions. Did like <laughs> There's no chance I would do yeah, that yeah. anymore. Dude, um, I remember when I was in maths and I, um, I asked the teacher, I think we were doing, I think it was algebra or, or something, some theorem. And then I, um, yeah, I just asked him, I said, when are we going to use this? And he said, to be honest, you'll probably never use it unless you want to become a mathematician. And then from <laughs> then on, I was like... <laughs> I just did not put any effort in, in that subject yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. I think the problem, problem solving skills you can learn in high school and doing those sorts of subjects can help. But in terms of, yeah, the long-term benefits specifically related to those subjects, it can be tough unless you're going into a field like that, like you say, but mm. you, you talk about, you know, having those certain subjects and not really feeling motivated. And even then in what you just say, you know, I'm not, yeah. not going to put, any effort into it you're clearly a guy who is motivated who is yeah. wanting to achieve things in your life can you maybe yeah. yeah dig deeper into the moment where you felt like you wanted a group and what what caused that yeah was it in yeah, year 12 yeah, yeah. was it you know in the years after when you went and started as a roofing um, i always knew that money played a big part in being able to give people options in life i just didn't have the right vehicle on how to go about it and needed to gain the, I guess, financial intelligence from someone who had runs on the board, but I didn't know where to look. Um, so I guess, and come, coming back to your group environment as well, I'm really huge on, you know, in, environment dictates performance. So I love the saying, you've probably heard it before, your network tends to be your net worth. So that's why I... That's cool. Have you never heard that saying before? Yeah. So, um, Dictates your net worth. Yes. Yes. I think that's one of maybe Warren Buffett. Don't quote me on that though. No, no, that's cool. Um, and yeah, as I said, I had to get around people that were doing better than me because um, once we're stuck in a group, we, we tend to set our standard at what that group standard is. And it's very hard to go beyond that. So pretty much I knew I've got to, it's more about the, not the what, but the who you know. So fortunately enough, through getting connected now through what I'm doing on the side, I was able to get into an environment that now I can actually learn the things about finances. I never got taught through school how to do a budget, yeah. <laughs> anything like that. Um, and actually learn upon things like, because I was always very interested in money. So um, I guess actually learn on things on real world wealth creation. So what I mean by that is people can go to university and study business that 90% of the time, the person that's teaching it has never actually owned a business. So I needed to go to someone that ha had actually the fruit on the tree. Yeah. And also the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Was actually a person of character as well. So I'm really, really big on like living a value driven life. So living through your values. Yeah. Because I think when you, when you can live through your values, it makes life simple because you choose to do what is right, not what feels right. Mm. And what I mean by that is our emotions can be fantastic indicators, but they can be horrible dictators. So really filtering a lot of my decisions through my values and my mentor now, he's somebody that um, definitely 
definitely lives through his values. He puts his family first. Um, is a is a person of character over credentials, and I just needed to pretty much. I know that I'm pretty pretty much going on a bit of a tangent there, but you're not. It's good. Yeah, I just I just wanted to really immerse myself in the right environment that was going to get me to that desired outcome because yep. you need to have a why with what you're doing, right? And I and I had a really big why. I've I have several whys. So let's talk about let's talk about some of them because I wanted to ask like what are some of your values and if you maybe start with what some of your values are that then lead into some of those whys or your whys. Talk to me about them. Yeah, definitely. So straight up from the top would have to be like um, family slash relationships. Like I said before, Um, I needed to get around the the right environment where I can create something for myself so that later down the line this is one of the whys later down the line when i can when i have the ability to walk away from my job and have complete control of my own finances i can be that person when my parents get old and touch wood nothing happens to them sickness wise anything like that but there will be a time when they might need to go into a nursing home i really want to be the one where i can make my own decisions and i can be there for as long as i need to be there for them and not have to go punch the hours in at a job. So that's why at the age of 22, I'm really trying to set up the foundations right now so that later down the line, you know, that can be someone that they can rely on because I've relied on them growing up and they've given me this, you know, this life in Australia that I'm very grateful for. So I want to be able to give back in a certain way. That's one of the whys. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, beautiful. What else? Because I'm sure you're not doing all the stuff you do solely, solely yeah, to make no. sure that you can be with your parents when they're yeah. need to be in a nursing home. Not, yeah, to, so pretty not, much. Not, to, not to invalidate that. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, definitely. Um, just impacting people, man, through things I've learned, understanding your own mindset, how we can, how we can start to think in a different manner. You know, when, when everyone's got a plan, like I told you on the call, everyone's got a plan with how life's supposed to be, but no one's got a plan when life punches you square in the face. Mm. So just being that, being that voice to be able to help people through struggles, actually leaving an impact because that's what um, my mentors have been able to do, pass on the baton through what they've learned through going about life. And um, I really want to be able to, I guess, unlock the potential of other people around me because there's, everyone's got so much potential, dude. So, so much potential. See it in everyone. And a, and a lot of people, they, you know, it's funny. Like a lot of people believe in their star signs more than they believe in themselves. So if I can just be that person that has a little bit of belief in them, I really want to leave an impact. I define success as how many, how many lives are better off because I live. I don't define success on the amount of wealth. So pretty much a big why is yeah learning the things that i'm learning now developing myself so i can pour into other people beautiful well said man that's really nice so i want to ask you can you tell me you're 22 can you tell me maybe a moment in your life so far where you maybe had the biggest value that you've had where you felt like you couldn't bounce back yeah, no one, no one to go to, nowhere to, nowhere to look for an answer. You just felt like, yeah, there was no hope. If, yeah, well, to add to that question, 
I've always, especially with, with my family, I've always had someone I can go to. Yeah. Like always. There's only probably been one time, one time was, was which when I was, probably happened for 10 seconds. The only time I can really think of, which is when I was sitting in the shower, I think um, a week after my partner had passed away at mum's, my mum's property. So she lives out um, in a place called Strathcreek, which is in between Ye and Seymour. Yep. And I went there just to, yeah, it'd been a week or a couple of days after my partner had passed away and I just had to get out of, um, I just go to the country. I just had to get away. So yeah, one morning, I guess when I was having a shower, just having thoughts that I never thought I'd, I'd have, but it only happened for 10 seconds. And I guess that's the time when I kind of really felt helpless, but me, I've always been relatively positive. So I did, I did bounce back and snap out of it. And thankfully for having family around me, I'm, I'm at the, I'm comfortable to go and talk to people. I, I know that I have to talk to people in order to get through struggles. Like you can't do it on your own. You know, people need people. So I guess I haven't really, to answer your question, I haven't really completely just gone in a little ball and not spoken to anybody. I've never yeah. done that. Yeah. That's good, man. Can you talk to me about those thoughts if you don't mind? What were, what were um, Yeah. Yeah, of course, man. Um, I guess, mate, yeah, far out. I've never gone this state before, man. But yeah, I'll, I'll share, I guess. But um, obviously, I think it probably would have been four days or five days since, yeah, love of my life, like, passed away. And, you know, I was thinking these thoughts like, um, you know, she she's in another place now type of thing. Lots of people saying, oh, well, she's, she's in another place, um, pain-free, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, for ten, that 10 second period was pretty much me saying to myself, like, why can't I be in that place? You know, like I want to be, I want to be back with her. Like I wanted to see her. And then I kind of, I'm um, thank, thank God for family. Like really fit, like family's probably the pinnacle of, of it. And um, the last couple of months of um, getting around the right association, changing my inputs, um, changing my mindset, my thinking, I think that really had a huge impact helping me snap out of that thought alone because that was really probably, yeah, the worst thought I've ever had in my life. And, um, yeah, I haven't really told many people that, man. But <laughs> as you know, you've got to talk about things now. Yeah, yeah, you do. Thanks for sharing, man. I appreciate it. That's right, bro. So let's talk about partner who passed yeah. away taylor mm, yes taylor Correct. tell me tell me about her oh man i'd say oh, best 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 person you'd ever meet like honestly you got a photo of her right here she's um like literally like like would be my hero my ultimate ultimate hero that's another huge why the reason why i do what i do um i'm trying i I go about things in the way she lived. She was a very selfless girl. No matter what anyone said to her, no matter how much negativity they would have spoke to her, um, like in a, in a negative way, maybe she would always bounce back in a very respectful and positive way. Like I'd be the one there going, if this person's done this, 
stop being nice to them. And then she would always go, well, Billy, just, you just got to be nice. And, and I've really taken it upon myself to understand that I was really holding myself back, having so much negativity inside of myself when we should really just be letting the things that we can't control go and, and actually do a positive for ourselves. Cause that's what she did. She was so, so positive, man. And she held herself. She's a, like strongest girl I've ever met, ever, ever met. And um, yeah, dated for three years. The first year was amazing. She was healthy. We went to Bali actually, before we even started dating with my parents and um, experienced a lot of things, you know, because life should be about experiences. They're the things we remember before we pass away. So I'm glad within that three year time period and especially that first year, first year and a half to two years, I guess, um, when she was pretty healthy, relatively healthy, um, we were able to experience, yeah, a lot of things in a short amount of time. So, you know, for me to be able to, yeah, to, to date a girl that, had everything this our values just aligned like we had everything set up we wanted to have a family we we're ready to buy a house in the in the coming year um so many so many big goals that we wanted to achieve together and um she's she's been my drive the whole time while she was alive and even now yeah that's awesome yeah yeah man so she i believe was 20 21 she passed away 20 years uh 20 years old she passed away so she was yeah she was very excited for her 21st coming up in november the 1st but yeah unfortunately yeah she planned it she made an event on facebook and um we might be having a memorial day on that day if covid's not around but it doesn't really look like that at the moment with the way things are going um we'll still do definitely do something but she was very excited, dude, to have her 21st. She just wanted to recover and and live a normal life again. Yeah, right. And and this this has all happened quite recently. It was April that yeah. she passed away, right? Yes. So three Correct. three months ago, just over three months ago. Which yeah, man. I can yeah. see and I can hear. I can see you. Obviously, I can I can yeah. hear you, and everyone can hear this. It's obviously quite raw, and you haven't maybe yeah. shared, especially that you know, moment in the shower with many people, but I really appreciate it. Mm. So I haven't had someone that close to me ever pass away, but I'm sure it will happen at some point. But for you right now, you're 22, you've got hopefully your whole life ahead of you. How Definitely. has this girl's life impacted your, your mentality, your mindset? You talk about that a lot. How has yeah. she impacted it now? Maybe her... Yep. You know, yep. talk about her vision, if you like. Yeah. How, yeah, is, yeah. how does that happen? Of course. Yeah. So for me, for me, she's definitely just the way, like I said before, the way she carried herself and the way she treated people. So I'll give you a scenario, I guess. Um, and this is something I'm, I've really worked through now and um, reading a lot of books kind of turning more towards the spiritual spirituality side and getting a lot of comfort out of it as well. Um, but for instance, I was finding I was holding people to an expectation, especially through her whole sickness 
of what they should have done, what they should have said, should have they come in and seen her in hospital. And it was a lot of anger that was built up inside of me, even though I was keeping relatively positive on the outside. Um, now, and since her passing, like I said before, um, all those people, it's, it's completely fine that, you know, you, I feel like you need to drop all expectations of everyone because by doing that, if, if, you, if you have an expectation, you've got a hope and then there's a chance to, for your hopes to be coming crashing down. Whereas if you don't have an expectation and someone does do something nice for you, I take a whole new appreciation towards it. Yep. So I had to not hold people to a standard just like she didn't. She would always say, like I was saying before, she would say, it's okay, this person doesn't have to do that. That's fine. They could be battling their own issues at the moment. She was always worried about other people and not us. She was worried about herself as well, but she was always worried about other people. She was the real strength, especially within the family. And mm. when she was in hospital, she, she was the strength for everyone else. When we were all crying, when we were all sad, she'd go, hey, guys, it's all right. We're going to be fine. Yeah. It's going to be fine. She saw the positive in absolutely. Like, it blew my mind. Like I said, I'm relatively positive. This girl, like, man, like literally over, over a six-month, oh, I'd say four-month period, slowly watching her lose weight and go through the things she went through with all the tubes and the hospital system, the people not believing in her. Um, she really fought for herself, like really, really fought for herself and luckily had her mum there as well and her family that really had to prove a point that it, it wasn't all in her head. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I, man, going on another tangent, but she just she is just so kind. So now, when if I ever with interactions that I'm having with people, and you know, um, what I've started doing is um, just reaching out on people on social media. Hey, man, how you going? Just thought I'd see how you going through this pandemic. Just checking in on people constantly, and then also taking it a step further because what I've noticed is social media has really made everyone unsocial in a, in a sense. Anti-social. I'll go, hey, yeah, literally. Would you would you be up for a phone call? and um been doing a lot of that lately reaching out to people asking how they're going you know if I, like i said before if i can just change one person's mentality if i can give them a bit of release that self self-doubt and make them make them believe in themselves just by having a phone call or just a, an ear to listen to it's simple like you, you might not be able to change the world but you can change one person's world yeah so that's awesome. just kind of in, in, a, in a little bit of a, yeah, I could go on, man, forever. She's just amazing. Like, um, no, I can see literally my idol. I've never, I've never met anyone like her. <laughs> like it's just, yeah, she's an angel, man. Absolute angel. That's beautiful. I, I want to ask you one thing and it's not necessarily to challenge you, but it's just maybe so we can dig deeper because I, I have heard similar before and that's on the idea of not expecting anything from anyone. And then if they do come yeah. and they do show up, then you're sort of, you get even more joy. I can see the truth in that, but I'm also of the opinion that it's okay to expect things from others, family, Definitely. friends. Especially family. I was going to say family is yeah. a, a big one. Yeah. 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 I understand that. Can you maybe, and we, you know, talk about the differences between and the fine line maybe between not expecting anything from anyone, but also wanting others to be there for you? Because I think it's, yeah. it, it's not necessarily, and I know you're not saying it from a point of like, I can do everything myself and be super independent because it is good to be independent. Oh, sorry. Yeah. In, yeah. Independent 
and not necessarily have to have other people contribute for you to move through life. But as you have also mentioned earlier in this conversation, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So you need a good network. You need people in your life, you know, such as yourself, who are going to give you a call during a pandemic or, or just check in, send you a DM on social media. Where do you feel like that line or what, yeah, what's the difference there for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely right, a dichotomy. Not. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely a dichotomy. It's a hard question to answer. Um, and yeah, especially with family growing up, we're going to of course have expectations. We've been treated a certain way our whole life, especially from our mum or our dad, brothers, sisters, uh, grandparents, whole family. So there's definitely that expectation there. Um, I think, yeah, it really stumped me there. I'd say, Having, having a healthy expectation, I guess. So, so I guess family is a bit more of a controlled environment because depending on how close you are with them, again, so you might not even be close with them, but I'm, I'm coming from the sense of if you are pretty close with your family, you know that it's a safe environment that you can bring up an issue of, hey, I thought you would treat me in a different manner or I thought you would be there for me in this certain circumstance. Whereas... A friend, I guess a friend, <laughs> you've really stumped me here. Um, a friend is more, I guess you haven't been, depends how long you've been friends with them. Because there's another line there, depends how long you've been, you've been friends with this person. Do you think it's how long you you've know? been friends or do you think it's how deep the connection is? Because I feel like, yeah, I'll give you an example because I can understand it's, it's sort of, I don't necessarily have an answer or... You know, there's probably more than yeah, one, yeah. plenty of right answers and plenty of wrong answers. But for me, there was a guy who I had on the podcast around episode 30, 32, maybe his name's Alex Dow. I think the episode title is Seek Discomfort. And I played soccer with him in my early years of playing soccer, probably between the ages of nine and 12. And yeah. after that, we sort of went our separate ways. He was a much better player than me. So played at bigger and better clubs. Um, but we got in contact sort of last year and I had him on the podcast. He'd done a few ACLs, but was still, you know, moving through life and doing, doing some good stuff. And since then, we've, you know, gotten along so well. He's literally like one of my best mates. And whilst, you know, we knew each other when we were nine and now we're both, you know, in our mid to late 20s, you could say that there was a big chunk there where we didn't talk at all. And for me, the, the connection with him is quite deep and... He'll just check in on me. I'll check in on him. Like we both go on, you know, runs now during this pandemic. And we have this little Facebook group with a few other people where we're just, you know, sharing our progress. But for me, it's sort of like, it's showing up without, without an expectation on the other person to do all the things you need for them. But maybe they do just one simple thing and you do yeah. something for them. And it's just like, it's teamwork more than it is one person leaning on another. And for me, it sounds like, and this is pure evaluation, so feel free to say you're wrong, Rin, you dickhead, shut up. But from your relationship with Taylor, it seems like you have helped her obviously so much through, you know, what was unfortunately her, her final days and her, her sort of the end of her life. But she has helped you beyond that. And Yeah, yes. Very, very, very huge, man. Yeah, more than I, more than I thought. More than yeah. from her passing, she's impacted me more than I thought. Like, well, she impacted yeah. you 
while she was alive, obviously she would tell you things like you Definitely. said, like this person's oh. have something going on in their life. But now I can, that I can, I see can share something. I can share something that she's still in, impacting with, with like me, even though she is gone. I know she's there. Yeah, yeah, please. Physically, but she's, there's something I've got. I've got it right next to me. Actually, I'll read it out. She's got, she actually, um, this little jar I've got here. So I'll read it out. She gave it to me for, yeah, 2019, the 18th of May. So my birthday then. So, um, yeah, so she was still around, obviously. And um, she gave me this present. And because she was in and out of hospitals so much, she could never work. So she didn't have a lot of money either. So that, that that's me touching back on the money again. Um, understanding that it can give you options if you can get to a certain point. But she would get me these presents and these were worth so much more than anything she could have ever bought me. I didn't, again, I wouldn't expect her to get me a birthday present or anything like that. She's dealing with her own struggles at the moment. Just, just seeing her is a, is a present for me. So she ended up one day, um, would have definitely been a struggle for her. Got a, got a jar together and it says 365 note jar. This jar contains 365 notes just for you every morning or night for the next year. You can pick one note to read. Um, there's different colors. I'll quickly read them out. Purple to start your day positive. Blue words of encouragement. Red reasons why I love you. Yellow motivational quotes. Orange dad ideas. Pink things you want done. And dark blue funny jokes. And then there was a black one that says you can't touch this one until you've opened every single other one. So if my calculations are correct, this will end up on the 18th of May 2020. So that day was obviously when she had passed. So. I'm really grateful that she left this for me because I keep refilling. I'm going to refill it anyway and then pick them out. I, I pick a note out every single morning as soon as I wake up. I don't look at my phone at all straight away. I don't think that's a great thing to do to start your day. And um, I just, yeah, either pick out one of these, usually a words of encouragement or reasons why I love you. And um, the one that I picked out on my birthday, which got me pretty emotional because it kind of felt like she was still like there because, like physically here because it was written for me and it was already pre-prepared. It was really, it was really weird. I had a really weird feeling when I, when I picked it out and read it. And then I also got given a note, um, which I pulled out exactly one month after her passing, which was tattooed on the back of my neck. And it said, um, I love knowing that if I died tomorrow, I'd found my soulmate. So like it's really really crazy and i'm like i'm so thankful she did that for me like i have all these notes for the rest of my life she because throughout her sickness as i said she couldn't buy me a present but she did make me little things here and there so wow that's yeah like it's incredible the little things are so important hey so touching thanks for sharing that yeah dude you don't you don't need to go out and spend 300 dollars on your partner trust me if anyone's listening here just make something (laughs) Just go and make something that it has a lot of a, a massive meaning behind it. Like it's well, like it's well, people crazy. Often say people often say, and I, I agree, time is money, and you you yeah. know you don't have to go out and spend three hundred dollars. But she obviously probably would have spent quite a few hours doing that. But that is literally yeah. last you your entire life. Like how cool? Yeah, man. How much? I know, it's so good. I don't know if you want to share, but I'm intrigued to know what that black card was yeah 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 so on my birthday yep yep um just a little passage it just says if my calculations were correct and you stuck to my rules then i would like to say a big happy birthday to you because on this day when i woke up 
it was a shocking day because obviously it'd been a month since her passing and I just the one person I wanted to see was her like the one person I wanted to get a card from was her and I got this which was amazing like she didn't leave me with nothing she just, like I was, I was so grateful for it so I'll keep reading it sorry man um 22 years old you are old ha ha love heart I love you so much Billy Mac I am so proud of who you are and how motivating you are happy birthday so it's just good to get a happy birthday message even though she wasn't actually here but yeah it was a very hard day because um just because I wanted to see her that was all I wanted on my birthday but yeah really good man yeah that is really touching I yeah I'm just gonna take a sip myself she was uh wise beyond her years she was a very positive positive girl she never compared herself to anybody We could take this. I've got a few questions left, quite a few actually, that I could take it. But I really appreciate you taking yeah, the time and sharing all of what you've shared so far. I don't take it lightly that, you know, this is the second time we've ever spoken and you're sharing with me something that your girlfriend had written yeah. for you. Yeah. So, I'd, lo- I'd, I'd love to quickly chuck in, man, something that her mum's been able to do as well. Absolutely, yeah. please. Yeah. So, so Jody and Anthony. So much love for them. Like, obviously, losing a daughter is the most horrible feeling in the world. I actually can't imagine, can't imagine losing your own child. Like, they are extremely strong and got so much love for them. And what um, Jody's been able to do is she's actually set up her own little foundation for Tay. It's called Tay's Vision. Um, mainly set up. There's a Facebook page and there's also an Instagram page, and um, pretty much selling merch. Um, to raise awareness and putting the funds towards the research of uh, mainly chronic illnesses and rare illnesses. And um, well, I had a hoodie somewhere it's in my drawer, but um, really, really being a, a really pretty much an advocate for um, encouraging people to speak up and finding avenues and ways of where they can go to do their own research if they're going through the same circumstances that Tay got put through. Because yep. obviously, um, Jody and Taylor, they had to do their own research online. Thank God for the internet. So she's kind of created this little safe haven that other people that may, may be listening to this or know people with chronic illnesses can turn to. It's, it's just Tay's vision. I thought I'd quickly quickly chuck that in there. And there'll be a, a huge about section of, of what Tay went through if we don't get, get to it on this podcast. And it'll break it down a little bit more. But yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Tay's vision. Um, Jody's doing a really good job. And the whole family is actually as well. Oh, I appreciate it. Definitely check that out and I'll put, put links to that in the show notes. Can you talk about what she did go through? Because I know from the call that we had on Friday, you mentioned there was at least four sort of things that she was diagnosed yeah. with, but that was ultimately through yeah. the work that her mum had done largely. 100% man. So um, quickly break it, break it down for you in a, in a little bit of a quick way if I can. Um, the Taylor underwent, I'd say, um, six life-threatening surgeries in about the time period of two months from memory um obviously yeah when when something's like that like her last surgery the the sixth one she actually got told there was a 20 percent chance of surviving and she did survive and she definitely got through through with that mindset definitely with that mindset there's no doubt about it no doubt about it she had so much belief that she would get through i actually slept with her the night before that surgery, um, 
in the hospital with her. And um, it was amazing to see her get out the other side of that. It was obviously the recovery period that she couldn't get past. Um, yeah. I'll quickly go through what she had. So, um, yeah, um, the research that they had done because the doctors weren't, were just going down other avenues that weren't getting them anywhere. They'll go, on, they'll go around in circles. So Taylor had four conditions, what we know of. Um, she wanted to have a look into something called EDS, which is Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. She was thinking she maybe had that. I don't know too much about that, but um, because of her passing, they weren't able to look into it. But we have four diagnoses that she did have. Um, and that is males, SMAS, nutcracker, and POTS. I'll give a little bit of an explanation on each one. Yeah, please. Um, males is median arcuate ligament syndrome. And that's where the, the, the median arcuate ligament, it presses too tightly on the celiac artery. And that's a, a major branch of the aorta um, that delivers the blood to the stomach, liver, and other organs. That's what males is. Um, the other one is SMAS. So superior mesenteric artery syndrome, which is a di is a digestive condition that occurs when the I'll try and say this word right right duodenum, which is the first part of the small intestine, and it's compressed between two arteries, so that's the aorta and the SMAS, which causes partial or complete blockage of the duodenum. Um, that's SMAS. Nutcracker is more of the rarer one. So it's a, it's a rare compression disorder and it can occur when the arteries, most often the, um, like the, in the abdomen, the aorta and the superior mesenteric artery, they squeeze the left renal vein. <laughs> You're probably not gonna understand all this. That's why I've got a little bit of it written down here so I can refer to it. And then um, she also had um, POTS, which was the first one she got diagnosed, but, um, so POTS is, I'll quickly explain that, a disorder that can make someone feel faint or dizzy. It happens when the autonomic nervous system doesn't work as it should. And the autonomic nervous system is the body's autopilot system. Con controls things like the heart rate, blood pressure and breathing. And all of this with what Taylor was going through was, was said to be that she had, um, she had the pain of someone that was living with stage four pancreatic cancer. Um, oh. And that's where like I can't believe how extremely strong she was even when uh, professionals were telling her it was all in her head so she really held a mate she just held herself so well like that's I idolized the shit out of her yeah so that's just in a quick schematic about the the mostly in a, in a sense compressing compressing her arteries and veins and it's not allowing the blood to flow throughout her body yeah so when they first they first found the pots but the reason for the pots was because of all the artery issues and the compression and all those things so because at the start of it she was fa she was fainting almost every week like yeah. she'd call me and she'd she'd call me and go, i just fainted I, I just fell down the stairs i'd be like and i'd bathe like just relax like because we had no no idea why she was fainting so much and it would just come on suddenly yeah. and that was because the blood that was getting pumped around her body wasn't getting circulated around her bod body and um was getting um uh in a sense like kind of like um you know her, her heart rate a normal heart rate for her was 200 wow 
because everything was kinked and compressed and things weren't working in the fashion that they should have been. So, and then that's why she also couldn't eat and she ended up being really, really light towards the end. So I think it was around 35 kilograms. She's about five, six. So every time she would eat food, um, what happens is your, your veins, they dilate. So every time that would happen, when she's compressed and has kinks and everything all within the, the, the insides, that would cause her extreme pain. Mm. And thank God Jody and, um, and Tay did their research and actually found out all of this in a reasonably quick time space. Some girls, and it seems to be very prominent, these issues in females, can be in males as well, but some girls go like eight years without even finding a diagnosis. They just go in circles. So they were actually relatively quick on the scene but um very horrible to to yeah to have those things because no one understands like not a lot of doctors understand not a yeah. lot of surgeons understand there's not a lot of research into it which is why there is Tay's vision so there can be that research and a lot more females are now coming out with all these gut issues because they're not all the nutcracker is pretty rare but the, the males is actually not that rare it's just rarely diagnosed right Right. So yeah. more awareness obviously needs to happen. Well, I'll definitely, you know, put all that information in the show notes. If anyone wants to get in touch with yourself, if they want to maybe speak to someone who, who sort of lived it in a sense, but all those things as well, we'll, we'll link if people want to read and learn more about them. So thank you. Thanks man. Yeah, definitely feel free to either message me or even the Taze vision page on Instagram or Facebook, which is run by um, Jody Taze mum. So She's got getting a lot of connections at the moment. Again, yeah. comes back to the who you know. So she, she might be able to, if someone's struggling, she'll definitely be able to help out in that area. Yeah, I perfect. Very nice one, mate. I've I really appreciated this conversation. I've got a couple of questions left. So I would like to know if you could make anything be, be real for you in your life right now in the next 10 years. So in 10 years' time, 2030, what would that thing be and why? What's your life look like? Yep, no worries. Um, 2030. Well, hopefully the virus is over by then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, my next goal is, so hopefully be able to, be able to walk away from full-time work in the next, say, two years and continue to help others continue to make an impact in other people's lives, continue talking at these seminars that I've been talking at, continue pouring into other people and um, really living through Taylor like I was talking about, um, have more control over my time. Uh, I'd like to have, um, I'm on track to hopefully next year to, to buy my first house to move into. So hopefully I'd like to have um, maybe a couple of properties as well, but mainly mainly I want to <laughs> I want to get, I want to have my own, uh, the simple things, man. I want to have my own dog, Rottweiler. I loved Taylor's dog. They shared two Rottweilers and I absolutely love them. Absolutely love them. Yeah. Um, so pretty much, man, it's my own house, my own dog. Um, not, I just, just, again, I just want to continue to be able to impact people's lives through things that I'm learning at this point in time. That's why I read so much and listen to so many podcasts. I've read, yeah. um, I've read one hour every day for the last 365 um like for the last the whole year so i'm I'm truly really trying to like just gain as much knowledge as i can about myself and how to be a bit more aware about my thoughts feelings and emotions to be able to help other people so 10 years time 
let's just say, want to be able to have my own house, my own dog and help people. They're just like the three main things, dude. And, and really spend my time with my family. I really, really want to spend more time with my family because mum lives out in the country, living with dad now at the moment. Um, really love to, to pour into them and, and help out in any way. You know, I have these big audacious goals of certain amounts of money that I want to work towards to get. If I can give back anything to them, they've been working their whole lives. I'll definitely go down that road. Yep. I'd love to. Beautiful, man. It's great stuff. Just quickly, what's your favorite book or podcast that you've listened to episode maybe in the past year? Yeah, that's a great question, man. That's a really great question. Um, so book. So I read three different like, so I, I only read business, yep. um, personal development a lot, like personal leadership development. Um, and recently, like I said, spirituality. Yeah. which has given me a lot of um, lot of comfort with things that have gone on with Tay, you know? So um, I'd have to say, actually got a few books there. Um, the Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, okay. which, was a, which is a very simple, it was one of the first books I read, but it really emphasizes how the small, simple, seemingly insignificant things that we do every day can compound over a period of time. And that's really what set off my, um, my good habits by the habits, meaning that um, consistently listen to audios, reading, don't watch the news. I don't listen to the radio, trying to cons- consistently pour positive in because like I've said to you earlier, our brains are negatively wired and the solution to pollution is dilution. <laughs> Perfect. And, what about podcast? And a pod- yeah, podcast. I'd have to say um, now uh, it's going to really depend. So there's a guy called, uh, have you heard of Andy Frisella? Of course. The motherfucker. Okay, so yeah. No project. Yeah. So <laughs> he's, he's now changed the name to Real AF. That's right. Um, Real AF. So I like, it depends what mood I am. If I need something hard hitting, like really smack me in the face, wake up, what are you doing type of thing, I'll, I'll listen to Andy Frisella. Yep. If I if I want a more, I guess, I guess, don't even know how to explain it. But the other person I love smashing out is Ed Milet. If you've ever heard of him, oh, what's Ed Milet do? Yeah, Ed Milet. So he's a um, he's actually achieved a pretty significant life, like within the business realm, and he's he's like connected to the likes of like Tony Robbins and people like that. So there's a lot of people on his show. He's really in the, the personal development and leadership development field. Yep. And um, I'm not too sure what businesses he had, but he's got a, a pretty extravagant lifestyle. And the, and the way he talks upon things, it's, it's not like he's kind of, because Andy can kind of seem like he's talking at you, but um, I know that's not the intention, but Ed really feels like he's talking with you and he, it's more in a, like a loving manner on how to go about things. He right. like breaks it down a bit more, a bit more technical, I guess, in a sense. Okay, nice. Ed Milet, I'll definitely link those as well in the show notes because they sound awesome. Cool, bro. Yeah. Well, final question. You might know what's coming if you've, I think you've listened to a few episodes, but the reason why I wanted to do this podcast was to, you know, I listen to those sorts of podcasts myself, Tim Ferriss's, Andy Frisella's, <laughs> and they have those big names, the Tony Robbins's, Hugh Jackman's, these sorts of massive names, and the advice, mm. I didn't know if it would apply to the everyday person. So I wanted to ask the everyday person the same sort of closing question. And yeah. that is, what advice would you give to yourself 
say if you were 20 years old, you know, and these people are, you know, 50, 60 years old, they've lived their life or lived a large portion of it. You're 22. So my question directly to you, Billy Mac, is what advice would you like to give to your 52 year old self? That I'd like to say to my, if it's 50 year old self, to know that even though you're 50 years old, um, personal development is a forever progression. There's no, don't get fixated on an end result. If you don't enjoy the process, you're never going to enjoy the actual end result of what you're trying to gain. So consistently, even though you're 50 years old right now, Mr. Billy in 2000 and whenever it is, always consistently be working towards growing yourself and other people around you. It's a never ending game. And it's one I love, which is why I'm so obsessed with personal development. Beautiful. An infinite game. Yeah. Billy Mack, yeah. it's been a pleasure, mate. Before we go, is there anything you'd like to add? Yes, I heard a quote actually a um, couple, couple days ago and it really hit me. I was like, oh yeah. And that is that the same water that softens the egg hardens the potato. <laughs> so that really hit me when, when people go through struggles in life, they're either going let it, to let it cripple them or they're going to use it as something that can, that can push them forward and use, use the pain as something for good, not bad. Massive. It's been great, mate. I really appreciate the conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Thanks a lot for letting me come on the show, man, and share a little bit about myself. Hopefully give someone some hope, hey? Hope initiative podcast. That's it, bro. Beautiful. Well said. Thanks again. We'll leave it there. So there you have it. That's episode 56 of the Hope Initiative with Billy Mack. Thank you again, mate. I really appreciated the conversation and listening back. It was quite touching, the, the things you shared there. So, yeah, thank you very much at a time that I'm sure is tough for you, especially in the midst of this pandemic and crazy time in the world so if you would like to get in touch with billy all the stuff that we talked about is in the show notes Teddy's vision please check that out and all the all the details specifically around what she suffered with uh is in the show notes also you can also find the the books and podcasts we mentioned and yeah if you'd like to get in touch please reach out to billy he's uh his instagram's there in, in the show notes also And guys, if you enjoyed this conversation, if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a friend, share it on social, subscribe, leave a rating. It helps to grow it and that's how I want to spread the word. We need connection and conversation more than ever at the moment. So I hope it helps. And until next time, all the very best.